You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. We're going to talk today about evidence of a spirit-filled life. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 21. Don't be drunk with wine. Yes. <laughs> it's all my fault. Ushers, will you help me please? Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself, and making music to the Lord in your heart, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Pastor Mark gave an excellent introduction to the Holy Spirit last Sunday. And if you weren't here, I would suggest as soon as it's on podcast, you'd get it. Because everything that he preached was what every believer experiences in Christ when we receive Christ as our Savior. Sometimes we as Pentecostals sort of think that uh, we got a special um, thing on the Holy Spirit. But anyone who is born again receives Christ into their heart. The Spirit comes to dwell within us. And with the Holy Spirit in us, there is an amazing amount of things that takes place in our lives that is available to us. Uh, Pastor Mark uh, emphasized the presence of the Holy Spirit in us and with us. And everyone who has Jesus Christ in their heart has that sense of the power and the presence of God in our lives. And... uh, Today, I'm going to address the evidence of a spirit-filled life and the emphasis of that power, that ability that comes with it as well. Jesus reminded his disciples of the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. He would enable them to continue his mission even in greater ways, Jesus said, Then he did. In John chapter 14, verse 12, he said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works uh, that I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with my father. Now this, part of this came when uh, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. 
and is available to the church today. The same spirit that empowered Jesus' ministry would also give power to the disciples and gives power to the church today. This same power is available to us. The ultimate purpose is that we would be witnesses for Christ. And the Holy Spirit helps us to be effective witnesses, more effective than in our own strength and in our own power. And so then the result of that is that souls would be added to the kingdom of God. That means people giving their hearts to Jesus as we share the good news of the gospel. True word and deed. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. A Greek word for power is didymus. The word refers to strength, power, and ability. It is the root word for our English word, dynamite. And uh, we do not live the Christian life in our own power, but in God's power. It is God working in us and through us by his mighty power and this comes through the Holy Spirit. It is God's ability that makes us able to accomplish anything of value. For apart from him, the Bible says, in John 15, 5, you can do nothing. It is his strength that makes you and I to become overcomers. Mark touched on the baptism in the Holy Spirit in closing last week, which is where some believers disagree with us. They believe you receive it all when you ask Christ into your heart. That is true to a certain point. But there is a baptism in the Holy Spirit whereby there is a power given to us an ability given to us to be able to do what Jesus said we would do when he would go back to heaven and send back the Holy Spirit in power. And so when a person receives this power, you will find many of the other things that go along with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I happen to believe the Bible with regard to the baptism in the Holy Spirit as recorded in the book of Acts. Jesus described this baptism as totally different than water baptism. In Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, the Bible says, Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the, the gift he promised, as I told you before. 
John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then on, in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible says, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. It is the PAOC doctrinal stand that speaking in tongues was and still is the initial evidence that a believer has been baptized with the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you this. The initial evidence is not the greatest evidence of a spirit-filled life. You need to know, let me say that again. The initial evidence is not the greatest evidence of a spirit-filled life. The manifestations are always for the greater purpose to continue to ministry of Jesus beyond our natural abilities. This power Jesus spoke of in Acts 1 and 8 is the ability to operate in spiritual gifts. Consider the nine spiritual gifts of 1 Corinthians 12, 1, 11. There's There are so many gifts that God has given us. Some of them are natural gifts, gifts that you are born with. For instance, the people that lead us in worship on the different worship teams every Sunday have some, have some awesome gifts that God has given them. Abilities that many of us just cannot do. But it's gifts that God has given them, and when they offer them for the Lord's use, it becomes a blessing and an anointing for the worship service every Sunday. And we appreciate that so much. But there are nine spiritual gifts. Other than there, then there's our, our ministry gifts. Do you know that the Bible says that I am a gift to you? As a pastor, there are pastors and evangelists and teachers. These are ministry gifts that God has given the church, spiritual gifts. But consider the nine spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11. And I haven't got that on the, on the overhead, but I'm just going to uh, list them off for you. And these are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, prophecy, gifts of miracles, discernment of spirits, diverse kinds of tongues, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And these are very important within the body of Christ and working in the spirit. The book of Acts gives us evidence of people living out the spirit-filled life. We see everyday Christians engaged in prayer and healing and deliverance. In Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, the Bible says all believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. If, if, if we take off that uh, cap of the water, my mouth is drying out here. That's something that comes along with 
uh, too many heart attacks and all that kind of stuff. But praise the Lord, we are overcomers. Amen? A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to the fellowship those who were being saved. And really, you know, that is happening in Colette Community Church. We gather together like this for a time of worship. We have meals from time to time. We practice the, the, the Lord's Supper, and, uh, and we, we help one another. We pray for one another. Uh, we, uh, we help, but many, many times uh, individuals will help another individual when they see they have a need. And, uh, and this, is, this is what was happening in the early church. Now, they say they, they sold their property and shared the money with all those in need. That doesn't mean that we've got to do that because they did that. But the illustration here is that when people are, are being walking in the spirit, moving in the spirit, having a spirit-filled life, these sort of things become a part of our DNA. And so the ultimate purpose for the powerful baptism in the Holy Spirit and the gifts that come with it is not for an emotional thrill. The Holy Spirit power and the manifestations are always for the greater purpose to effectively continue the ministry of Jesus that he has commissioned us to do. Spirit-filled, tongue-speaking Christians should not stop at the experience of speaking in tongues. It is my opinion, and I believe I have good spiritual or uh, scriptural evidence for this, is that we should edify ourselves when we are alone with God, and when we are in a group, we need to edify others. We need to build each other up. And so, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, these believers did not remain in this phenomena as if they'd reached the pinnacle of spirituality. Let me tell you that speaking in tongues is not the pinnacle of spirituality. God has given us this beautiful gift of speaking in tongues to be able to speak to God, to be able to bear our heart when, there's, when we cannot find the words to express our love for him or the deep trial that we're going through, the hurt that is in our lives. 
the things, sometimes the confusion that we have. And we, we speak to God in another language that God hears and God understands. And it becomes fruitful to us and it builds us up. If I did my sermon in tongues today, I don't think you'd be back next week if I was preaching again. This power was given to enable them to fulfill the Great Commission. Peter is a great example of the effect of Holy Spirit baptism on an individual. Spirit-filled Peter received power that he did not have before. We know from reading the scriptures that uh, Peter was a man who spoke before he thought. Whatever was in his mind came out. And so, Holy Spirit power for ministry comes with the mighty baptism in the Holy Spirit. And a Spirit-filled Christian grows in the ability to be an effective witness. In Acts chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, then Peter stepped forward. This was after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you. All of you fellow fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago or prophesied long ago by the prophet Joel. Fear is replaced by courage. Before Pentecost, Peter denied Christ three times. After Pentecost, Peter preached boldly to thousands of people in Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, in the last days, this is what Peter repeated here. He said, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even upon my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. He's speaking, he's telling them, this is what Joel prophesied would happen. And now you see it with your own eyes. Prophecy visions, dreams among the young and the old would be a regular experience within the spirit-filled church community. Don't despise these things. Embrace it as God revealing his, his heart and his will and his desire for his church and for us as individuals. Acts chapter 2, 41 says, Those who believed what Peter said 
were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 people. Wow. Peter, who cowered before a servant girl at Jesus' trial and denied three times that he even knew Jesus, baptized in the Holy Spirit, he is no longer a slave to fear, as we sing sometimes. He led 3,000 people to Jesus in one day at his first sermon. And so, my second point, the greatest evidence as we have seen in the book of Acts, begins with Jesus reaffirming the promise of power in order to be his witnesses. In Acts chapter 2, we see the fulfillment of the promise. And the remainder of Acts document what God has done through spirit-filled believers. One thing is clear as we read Luke's account of Acts is that the Holy Spirit was not a free pass from trials and tribulations. Neither did it prevent persecution or death. Most of us have already found out that we're not immune to trials and tribulations. We're not immune to sickness. We're not immune to confusion. All of these things are a part of life and a fallen world. The book of Acts closes with Paul imprisoned in Rome. So the early church did not reach the ends of the earth as Jesus commissioned. We, the church today, are continuing the great commission of Jesus. And we have the ability to reach far more people than they ever had. They had Horse and buggy, I suppose. I don't know if they even had that then. And boats with sails. Or bigger ones with road, with oars. And the whole belly of the ship filled with slaves taking that boat to where they wanted to go. A very slow way compared to 2019. And even today, as I'm doing this message, I'm not just speaking to you. There's a lot of people on the internet that will be listening to this podcast. And so we're reaching more people even that way. Just as the early church, we are, we are to pursue a baptism of the Spirit that expects its accompanying power in order to be witnesses. 
to share our story of transformation within our sphere of influence. We all have different sphere of influence. But the people that we can influence for Christ, then we are responsible for that. So spirit-filled believers began to see greater fruit in their ministry. Because if you are spirit-filled, if the spirit is in you, and you are doing what you should be doing, I am doing what I should be doing, there's going to be fruit, spiritual fruit, in my life. Acts chapter 2, verse 43 says, A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles and signs and wonders. A deep sense of awe. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things to Christ who gives me the strength. Wow. When you begin to think of that, this is scripture. This is what the Bible says about me. This is what the Bible says about you. And when you really believe that, a deep sense of awe will come over you and you will take responsibility for what God has placed in your hands. Spirit-filled believers use whatever spiritual gifts they possess for kingdom purposes. What are you able to do? What gift has God given you? Use it for his glory. Make it known. Don't hide it. Go to somebody and say, listen, I feel that I should be doing something. Here's what, I, this, here's what God has enabled me to do. These are the things that I can do. We'll be only too glad to plug you in. We believe in getting connected. And once this takes off, once we begin to really realize how important it is for spirit-filled believers to do the work of the ministry, I don't have to be like Mark. Mark don't have to be like me. We need to be ourselves. Use the gifts that God has given you. It's not a... It's not a, um, what do you call it, contest, uh, competition. We're not in competition with each other. 
We are all working together so that using all of our gifts together, we become stronger and more able to reach our community for Jesus Christ. Peter said in Acts chapter 3, verses 6 and 8, I don't have any silver and gold. But I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. And then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. How nice. How beautiful. Oh, wouldn't be nice if God would do that kind of thing today. Well, we are spirit-filled believers. This is what Jesus said in the commission. These signs shall follow those who believe. Not just the pastors. Not just the elders, or the council members, or the deacons, or whatever kind of a leadership a church has, but believers. We sell ourselves short. Only certain people can do certain things. Holy Spirit was given to help every individual believer to be all that God desired them to be. Spirit-filled believers take no credit for what God is doing in the lives of others. Very important. If you allow God does something through you, you allow your head to swell. You think you're the best thing for the church since sliced bread. Think again. You're merely doing, you reach out in faith, and you start moving in the power of the Holy Spirit as God moves upon you. And you touch somebody and they are healed instantly. Give the glory to God. Give the glory to God. In Acts chapter 3, verse 12, 13, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. We'll give him all the glory. When God does a miracle in your life and in my life, all the glory goes to him. All the glory goes to him.
Spirit-filled believers are Christ-centered people. Holy Spirit's work is to make us effective in pointing people to Christ. We're not pointing people to our denomination. We're not pointing people to our church, to our building, or to our group. We're pointing them to Jesus. Holy Spirit's work is to make us effective in pointing people to Jesus. In John 16, 13 to 15 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Jesus is our King. He's our Savior. He's our baptizer. He's our healer. He's our guide. He's our captain. He's the one we serve. He's the one we worship. He's the one we pray to the Father in his name. And Holy Spirit backs it up with mighty power. Spirit-filled Paul said this. You see, we don't go, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, he says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Christ's sake. Spirit-filled believers possess a divine enablement to pray and to share the word of God with boldness. We don't have to be timid about what we have received. We can share Jesus with boldness. You've got a sure thing in Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never fails. This was evidence when authorities tried to shut down the disciples. They were warned to never again speak in the name of Jesus. But they decided, they decided to take it all to God in prayer. In Acts chapter 4, 29 to 31, And now, O Lord, hear their threats, and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit when they preached the word of God with boldness. Let me say this. There is great power in corporate prayer in getting together in large groups and praying 
in faith believing. When they prayed, the Bible says, the place shook with the power of God. And they were filled with boldness. If you can ever make it, if you have to, today most of you got those boxes that you can tape your favorite show, come to church, come to prayer meeting, tape your show, go home and stay up a little later and watch it. Amen? And let the place shake for the glory of God. Spirit-filled believers learn to be sensitive to the voice of the Spirit. They have spiritual ears to hear. Take Philip and the Ethiopian. In Acts chapter 8, 26 and 29, as for Philip, the angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road and that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. And Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and talk beside this, that courage. And uh, God did a mighty work there. See, God can speak to you to do certain things. There's another example from Paul's ministry. His missionary journey. Acts 13 verses 2 and 4. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their journey. So Paul, Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They were sent out by the people, but by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had a, had a hand in it. Then, of course, we could go on, but time is short, and I have used my time today. We were later getting started, of course, and so I just sometimes, when I'm doing a message, if I see I'm, I'm a little where time is going, I'll cut it off. But this is a message I didn't want to cut off today. So you'll have to forgive me for that. We're going to our conclusion. Of course, there's the fruit of the Spirit. That is a tremendous evidence of a Spirit-filled life. And the Bible tells us what these are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you think you can be a spirit-filled man or woman without the fruit of the Spirit, you're sadly mistaken. You're just being religious. So in conclusion, I have given you a number of evidence of spirit-filled life over and above the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. We've been given Holy Spirit to be with us and in us. And if that were not enough, we've been immersed in him, thereby receiving awesome ability to do and to be what was impossible for us to do 
beside this before. This is what we have been given for an extension of the kingdom of God. If you consider yourself a spirit-filled Christian, ask yourself these questions. Am I seeing more or any fruit in my life? Am I using my spiritual gifts for kingdom purposes? Am I taking credit for what God is doing in the lives of others? Am I Christ-centered? Is it all about him and not about me? Am I praying and sharing the word of God with boldness? Am I sensitive to the Holy Spirit speaking to me? If we would all, as Paul exhorted Timothy, stir up the gift that is in us, what an awesome spiritual transformation we would see this year in our individual lives and in Colake Community Church. Life and ministry is hard when you're doing it all in your own strength. But it is awesome when you're walking in the Spirit. That's why he gave us Holy Spirit to empower us as believers. The Lord bless you. Take his word to heart. Determine that I'm going to be a spirit-filled believer. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. If you have any need in your life today, if you need Jesus as your Savior, if you need prayer for anything, we're here to pray with you today. Lord bless you. Have a great day in Jesus. Father, I want to thank you. As the worship team leads us in the final song, speak to our hearts. Lord, if you're dealing with us in any way, help us not to be in a hurry to leave this room. But do what you do in the lives of your children. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.